Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the T-Smashing, jaw-cracking kid from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio, Shane Taylor. And you're listening to my Ohio brother, RBV, and that Bullet Club, Mark Jargo. This is your United States of America. Speak your mind. Cross the line now, say the truth. What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome to this very special edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media. Before we get started, it's my obligation to let you know this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. I am joined, as always, alongside my tag team partner, Huckleberry Number 1, RBV, Rick. Welcome back to your show. Brother, what's going on? Uh, happy Saturday to you. Uh, some, some great wrestling action that we're going to talk about here. Uh, but, you know, a little down in the dumps, you know, had a little prop with the stream. And then, uh, on, you know, the other end of things in the sports world, our beloved Blue Devils fell last night uh, to those those damn Tar Heels. Yeah, and it looks like our uh, number two seed in the big dance is uh, pretty much in jeopardy there. That's all right. That's all right. Everybody just underestimate Duke. Don't worry. We'll be coming. We'll be coming. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we had some issues with the, uh, 16th anniversary stream last night and, uh, it kind of got me thinking, you know, it ring of honor at this point kind of feels like your beloved Cleveland Cavaliers. How so there? And, and I say that in, you know, the team's not necessarily all bad. They've got a lot of really, really good talent. But the ownership group behind the Cleveland Cavaliers is the one thing that holds back the Cleveland Cavaliers. And unfortunately, that kind of reared its ugly head with Ring of Honor last night. I hate to compare Sinclair Broadcast Group to Dan Gilbert, but uh, that's that's kind of what happened last night. We had a lot of streaming issues. It seemed like they didn't have enough bandwidth allocated. I don't know if they just underestimated the popularity of Ring of Honor, if they underestimated how many people would be signing up for Honor Club. I missed the first 23 minutes of this show. I had to go back and watch uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Flip Gordon earlier today. I know uh, you said that you were having some issues. You actually went to some other media outlets and just kind of pieced together the show. Well, you know, kind of what's what's funny about this is, you know, you were watching it in real time. You were there as the show was getting going. Uh, I had opted to, you know, I, I chose to, I was going to watch the Duke game first and then go back in and watch, you know, the anniversary show. And I, I was kind of glad I, that I did at the time because you you, know, you were telling me about, you know, the, tr- the problems with the stream. It was crashing out on you. I had seen, you know, so many others online, you know, with the same issues. So I thought, Hey, you know, maybe this is good. You know, I can let, you know, let itself work out. It won't be as busy uh, going, you know, later into the evening. Hours after the show was over, even into this morning, there seemed to be issues with uh, with Honor Club and their stream. Uh, have you gotten a chance to look around Honor Club much as of yet? What do you think of the interface as far as the layout of the website? It seems like stuff is really, really hard to find inside of Honor Club. Yeah, I mean, I like the look and everything, but you're right. It's it's quite difficult to navigate. Um, you've really got to dig uh, and and you know search around and really know what you're looking for 
uh, nothing really kind of jumps out at you there, which which really surprises me. You know, and, and you got a great point there. You know, this isn't really a Ring of Honor issue; it's a parent company issue. What's really su- what really surprises me though is we've had so many of these you know rolled out in the last couple of years. You know, just not professional wrestling, but you know, around the world of sports and entertainment that you think you would have a lot of these issues for these you know upstart companies doing it now would have these things pinpointed and hammered out before you know before they run into these issues uh the thing that's frustrating for me as i was watching it of course i'm a sinclair employee and i know that a lot of what we do at sinclair is live television like this should not be a problem for a company whose bread and butter is live television communications. It's, it's, it's so frustrating to me as a ring of honor fan, as a Sinclair employee, just as a pro wrestling fan who just wants to sit and enjoy the product. Um, I, I'm thumbs leaning towards up on this show. I, I think that my enjoyment of this show was severely damaged by the streaming issues I was having by having to constantly reload the thread. You know, you'd miss 30 seconds of a match here. You'd miss a minute and a half of a match there. And I don't want to go back and rewatch it. I just want to watch the damn thing live. And maybe this is one of those things that we need to give WWE Network more credit for. I know when they did launch, they had some of these issues too. So all of you people that are just trying to crucify Ring of Honor for this thing happening, at least it happened at 16th anniversary. This isn't Supercard of Honor. It's not, you know, one of their top two or three shows throughout the year. This was kind of a test run. And they obviously need some more testing and need to uh, step up their game a little bit. You know, I'm guessing, you know, when they launched this thing last week, uh, they did the ringside sort of deal uh, with the house show. You know, everything ran smooth there. You know, that's on, that's on a smaller scale. But you're right. You know, this is so many more eyes on the product here. But I think this was the right call to roll this out during the anniversary show. You're, but to, you know, you didn't want to do this early in Final Battle, and you sure as hell didn't want to do this coming up at Supercard of Honor. I mean, that's going to be, you know, such a huge night for the company. They're up against that great competition. They want to put their best foot forward. Uh, so hey, now they've got some time. You know, they they took one on the chin here, and they need to regroup, figure out the issues, and move forward. I, and I'm with you. I, you know, if we could put aside the technical issues. This was a hell of a wrestling card. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, tremendous show. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to what's going to happen uh, when it comes to Supercard of Honor because I guarantee you, if they have this kind of streaming issues with 16th anniversary, when you do Cody versus Kenny at Supercard, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that product, and you don't have time for your stream to not work. Because the second it doesn't, we're all switching over to NXT because they're going on at the same time. Yeah, you got you got some stiff competition in NXT. We already knew that when the announcement was made, and I'm not going to stooge off any spoilers here. Uh, but if, but those of that have been paying attention to the last set of tapings for NXT, uh, they are pretty much stacking the deck with their next takeover card. Uh, so you know, Ring of Honor is really going to have to up their game, and you know, more importantly than what they put on on that show in the ring, which I think is going to just be a spectacular event in itself, they're going to need to reassure fans. This is why you should stick with us. This is why you should choose us during that first run and then go watch NXT later. You know, we are going to get the issues fixed. You can rely on us. We want you here. That's, that's the main obstacle they're going to have to get over. But let's say, man, let's move into the actual 
in-ring action. Yep, let's talk about a 16th anniversary coming to us from Samstown in Las Vegas, Nevada. A very traditional venue for ROH. They run almost all of their anniversary shows out of this building, so it's very, very familiar. Uh, is, did you get to see the pre-show at all? The Women of Honor? I did. Yes, I did. I, I, I wanted to go check that out. You know, I want to stay up. Uh, up on all the happenings going on with Women of Honor. I think it's, we got some interesting matchups, and I like how we're getting some stories told uh, here in the matches as well. So we have Sumi Sakai defeating Hana Kimura in the uh, first match in the first round of the Women of Honor tournament. Um, thought it was a good match. Uh, it, it, these are two stardom talents that have been around for a while. Uh, it was a nice, lighthearted way to start off the show. Um, I, I thought it was fine. Eight minutes, one second, not not a whole lot to comment on, though. Well, you know, it's one of those things uh, when I, you know, I kind of watched it out of order, as you were saying, because of the streaming issues, I kind of had to jump around and a few of the matches had to find some different spots um, for go- coming in, knowing nothing about these towns. Uh, abs- you know, this is I-, I couldn't tell you one from the other. You know, if I seen their names on paper or anything. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good little start, you know. Uh, kind of eases the crowd in before you get going to you know the main entree. I'm not really fil- familiar with either talent outside of their names, but one thing I will give them credit for: as soon as they were both standing in the ring, you knew which one was the babyface, you knew which one was the heel, and you knew who you wanted to win that match. That was something that kind of got lost as we went a little later on into this show. Uh, Let's talk about the second uh, Women of Honor uh, tournament match. Two talents that we're much more familiar with. We're much more familiar with the stories. That would be Tennille Dashwood defeating Brandi Rhodes. But I must say, this is hands down the best I have ever seen Brandi Rhodes look inside of a wrestling ring. I was going to say, you know, coming into the tournament, uh, this is... You know, this is arguably your biggest marquee matchup, and we've got it going down early in this thing. You know, this is round two uh, on their quest to the crown, the first woman of honor champion. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Uh, Dashwood got the best, got the best out of Brandy. Uh, by far the best she has looked to date, uh, going back to, for any of her work. Uh, back in, you know, WWE development, uh, anything, even when she's just kind of interjected herself into the ring. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely the best she's looked. And we saw, uh, you know, she tried the same tactics that got her to this far in the tournament. Uh, she, she went to fake the injury. and Yeah, I, I totally thought she was going over. When she hit that crossroads, I thought the match was over. Did you? Uh, at that time, you know what, because I was on the fence. I know you had been pushing, you know, hard. That, that hey, this is, this is going to be their call. You know, it's, they got mainstream pub with her. She's very tightly tied into the promotion. Uh, that they've wanted, you know, that you could have seen her going over in this entire thing. Uh, so that was in the back of my mind. I guess I was just kept holding on to, you know, the hope that Dashwood was the right call. And, and that's what they ended up going with. When they say a believable near fall, that was a believable near fall. Cause I thought Brandy absolutely had to Neil Dashwood. Um, I got to pay a, a bit of a compliment here to, to Neil Dashwood. Because uh, in watching this first round of the Women of Honor matches, and in watching that match with Brandy Rhodes last night, it is clear she is head and shoulders above the rest of these girls. And I don't know if it's just that she's been in the ring working house shows five days a week for the last five years, so she just has more experience in the ring, but everything just looks so much more fluid, so much more natural with her doing it versus either Sumi Sakai, Hannah Kimura, or Brandy Rhodes. 
I thought Emma looked great. Tennille Dashwood, Emma, whatever you want to call her. Well, I just think, you know, Dashwood, you know, the, the cuffs are off. You know, she can go out there, be the character she wants to be. She can wrestle the style she wants. Hey, and there's no denying, you know, even in WWE, she was one of the top talents. It was just, you know, she wasn't allowed to to show that and shine. And and now she's out on her own and, and she's making it work. And, you know, I, I hope it's, it, it's much longer than I anticipate, but she knows she's got a shelf life out there. Uh, it, you know, especially at that asking price she's got, she's out there making the most of it. And, hey, and, and right now, you know, from everything I've seen from, you know, just here in Ring of Honor and some of the other work for some of the other independents she's been with, uh, she's got a hefty asking price, but it seems like she's delivering. I'm going to put this out there for Jersey Mike, because I think it'll make him very, very happy. While I have not heard an official announcement that Tennille Dashwood has signed with Ring of Honor, I did notice that she does have her own official Ring of Honor t-shirt in the store, and they don't normally do that for people that they haven't signed. So, looking up. I, I, I would just, I just, to kind of, I was having a discussion the other day about this. I just don't see why they would sign her. Uh, yeah, there's not, and there's not enough of an emphasis on the women of honor. They are used as a special attraction. You know, they're not regularly featured at events and on television. I just don't know why you'd lock her down, especially, you know, from what we've heard is that high asking price for her right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe kind of to make up for that steep price, they've struck a deal with her where they can try to get some of that back off of a cut in that merchandise. Now, what I could see though, is kind of a Brock Lesnar kind of deal. Where, hey, we want to lock you up for 25 dates over the course of the next year and we'll pay you this much money. That I could absolutely see rather than a, as opposed to a full-time quote-unquote contract. Uh, so let's let's talk about the main card. Uh, the, the opening match of the show, Hiromu Takahashi defeating Flip Gordon. Um, I know this one kind of took both of us uh, by surprise. I think we both thought that Flip being the ROH homegrown talent was uh, absolutely going to get the wind over Hiromu coming in from New Japan here. Uh, but in watching this match, number one, this was my favorite match on the card. I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. And I think that there's going to be a story coming out of this that is going to consist of flip gordon getting into the best of the super juniors over in new japan pro wrestling yeah i think the in-ring action was uh and i didn't dislike it it was just more of a little your style over mine uh a good match great opener you know we thought this was going to be you know the match that they that they came out with to set the tone for the evening they did a fantastic job there uh and i think probably the running theme through this thing though you know we called this one wrong and we really weren't feeling, I guess we didn't, we weren't predicting the direction they were going to go for the evening. So we were kind of all over the place, but, but what they did here, you know, in going a different direction than we expected, they still told, they got a great setup. We got a great story going forward here. Yeah. Uh, I was actually talking with our friend, uh, Paul Arzola. He'll be on the show a little bit later with your, uh, this week in wrestling history. And I told him, you know, it's funny because I, I laid out on the pre-show that we did, uh, this whole creative vision for this show of what they could do with this show. And they went a completely opposite direction, but it was still a good show. I still enjoyed the show. Typically what happens is we lay out this great creative vision and WWE does something different. And it's just like, why the fuck did they do that? Why didn't they just do what we said to do? Yeah. It was, I mean, usually cause you get it like so built up in your head, like this would be a great way to do it. And then when WWE goes in another direction, it's like, Wow, they really missed the mark on that. Yeah, one. Why would you but, do that? But you know, with this one though, it was like you it's know, like, I thought oh, that I we, see what they're I doing. Thought, 
yeah, I thought you and I had a great vision. But it's like, ooh, this is also intriguing. I could see this thing, you know, really, you know, spinning off in its own. Each story they got through these matches, man, I'm, I'm really more intrigued going forward, you know, to see what comes out of the set of tapings that they've got going. Yeah, I, it was really when uh, Dashwood beat Rhodes. I just went, oh crap! There goes my entire plan for the night. I was screwed before the pre-show was even over. <laughs> you know, so you know, so back to you know, we're talking here with Flip. You know, he takes the L here, but going forward, you know, you you had pointed out to me this pretty much, man. This you know, they're they're building him up now for the Super Juniors. Well, yeah, and I think this was a big test for Flip Gordon. I think it was very nice of New Japan to let this happen inside of an ROH ring where he is going to have the support of the crowd. Not that Hiromu wasn't over as hell with that crowd because he was, but Flip was definitely the uh, quote-unquote hometown boy being a, a Ring of Honor show, but it was more so a test for Flip Gordon. Can you keep up with our elite junior heavyweights if we put you into this tournament? And I think he performed famously. Yeah, I think it was, you know, a great addition for him. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what, what he can do over there. Uh, now to continue with the uh, IWGP junior heavyweight theme a little bit, let's go to a uh, former IWGP champ, light heavyweight champion, light heavyweight, junior heavyweight. Jesus, I can't even keep my terms straight anymore, people. Marty Skrull defeating Punishment Martinez for an ROH World Championship title match in the future. Uh, Marty gets busted open, so Marty had to end up getting four stitches uh, right above his uh, eye after this show. Um I thought it was a good match. I got to say, I did pop pretty hard, though, for the uh, Punishment Martinez corner spot when uh, Marty's going after all the security guards and everything. And Carly looks over at me and she says, what is he doing? And I said, they got to get a whole bunch of people together to catch Punishment because he's about to jump on Marty and Marty's just too damn small to catch him. And sure enough, here comes Punishment, full bore, right over the turnbuckle, over the post, and into a whole crowd of Marty and security guards. Yeah, you definitely, you needed a lot more cushion for that dive spot there. Uh, fun little spot in the match. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the finish here. I like the spot, you know, where, where Punishment thinks he's got him outsmarted, and the villain's got one more trick up his sleeve. Almost as, you know, that was, it was almost that that was the actual intent, you know, uh, look over here at my right hand because it's, you know, it's happening with, with my left. Now I know you, you are a very much a proponent of the big guys and you like the big, big guy style. And, you know, you, you're one of the first people that are, will be like, oh my God, Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Come on. Are you joking right now? Brock's going to just utterly pummel him how did you feel about marty Skrull versus punishment martinez because marty is obviously a junior punishment is obviously not a junior D do you feel it was believable with marty outsmarting punishment in this scenario that's that's you know i've really enjoyed it there because he's using you know the one advantage he's got here he's a crafty sob you know that's why they call him the villain you know, he'll do anything and everything he can uh, no matter you know how you know, how underhanded it might be, you know, he's going to pull every trick out of the bag. If you approach it with something, you know, along those lines, yes. I mean, that's why I'm intrigued. You know, I, I, I know it happened last night at a house show in WWE. I didn't really check out the video or the results on it yet. But, you know, Miz versus Brock Lesnar. Like, that would be an intriguing match to me on a big stage because Miz is going to use, you know, everything he can, every dirty tactic he can think of to go over there. And we saw that from Marty here. You know, also, and, I, and maybe it wasn't intentional, and I liked how 
this played into the rest of the narrative through the evening. But, you know, with the stitches, with him taking that color, getting busted, you know, it kind of writes him off for the rest of the evening. Uh, to you know, to go forward with some other storylines, yeah, gives him, gives him out there. Uh, and I know, you know, when we were on the preview show, we, we knew this was going to be a fun match uh, through their booking. We weren't really sure who was going to go over, but we both kind of in our own minds, we thought, you know, maybe maybe this is punishment's time, uh, especially going into New Orleans. You kind of got he's got he's got that voodoo vibe about him. That would be a fun match against the the castle character. Looking at this now, and when you have to measure up against NXT, Marty was probably the right call because you've got that Bullet Club tag on, you know, on your challenger going in uh, to face Dalton in that main event or wherever it lines up on that card. I disagree. I think it was absolutely the wrong call. I think they should have put Punishment Martinez over, and we will talk about that a little bit more when we talk about the uh, Dalton Castle versus Jay Lethal match. And then uh, what's going to be coming up in New Orleans uh, for right now? Let's talk about uh, what where I kind of see Punishment Martinez uh, fitting in right now, uh, and that would be the ROH World Television Championship. They did Kenny King uh, versus Silas Young. Kenny King retaining his uh, ROH World Television Championship on this show. And Rick, I was confused as hell because I, this match is they're hyping the match and they're doing the entrances, and I was like. This match wasn't advertised. Why are we doing this match? I thought this match was going to be happening at Supercard. And then I found out why they were doing this match because we had a special guest in attendance at the end of the match laying down a challenge to one Mr. Kenny King. I was going to say, uh, this this really wasn't advertised for some no. reason in my head. Nope, this match was not advertised for this show. Yeah, you you are right. I know when I was sitting there going through in my head, I, I thought we had discussed it. In, in discussing it, you were discussing it with Mr. Taylor, the potential of this match eventually happening. Yeah, but I thought it was going to happen at Supercard because it okay. was not advertised for this well, show. Well, and, and as you said, though, uh, a major surprise at the end of this match. You know, the match itself. What would you? What were you? What was your take on that? Um, this is kind of my take on on Silas Young. All right, I like Silas Young. I think Silas Young is really good in the ring. But I, when I watch Silas Young, I feel like I'm watching Elias's bastard father. Like this is the guy who left Elias as a little kid on the train tracks in Pittsburgh. Like there, there's just something about Silas Young. Like Shane Taylor said, he has a very punchable face. I just, I, there's something about Silas Young I just don't connect with. I really, really enjoy his work, enjoy the character. Uh, but, you know, like the old saying, and then the bell rings. Yeah, there's, and then just I, something, then there's something that just doesn't, yeah, I was going to say, something doesn't really connect for me as soon as he's in the ring. But, you know, I, I love the throwback style. You know, it's, as we always point out, you know, you and I have different styles and what we really enjoy when it comes to professional wrestling. And he's more, you know, right up my alley there. But there's something when that bell rings that I just, I just lose a little interest. I agree, but it's like you know that corner spot that he does when he does the the headstand in the corner into like the um, uh, springboard moonsault. You know that spot I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. That doesn't feel like something Silas Young should do. It, it almost feels like that's something that he's worked in to maybe appease that the ROH fan base. Right. But it, or maybe he, he fits in a little more with them where he should be like 
really just avoiding anything like that, mocking things like that. Right. And I feel kind of the same way to tie it into the previous match about punishment Martinez. Like I really enjoy punishment Martinez when he is just being a big monster and choke slamming people and being a dominant power guy. And then he goes and he does like these springboard top rope conjitos. And it's just like, why? You're, 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 you're six foot nine and 300 pounds. You don't need to do that shit. Just beat the hell out of somebody. Uh, what about Kenny King? Does, does Kenny King do anything for you anymore? You know, uh, across any promotion, I don't even know if I've, if he's ever clicked with me. I, I, I know he's, and you know, this isn't a knock against him. You know, he's received praise from, you know, some of the very best, uh, around the world and all that, but it just, in any case of entertainment, sometimes there's a character or a talent that just doesn't click with you. And he's never, he's never had that with me. You know, even going back when he had more exposure in TNA, it just, it was just, wasn't there for me. He kind of, I don't know if it's, a, he kind of hits me like, like Dolph Ziggler. Like I know how good Kenny King is. He's a good looking guy. He's got a good personality. He can talk on the mic, but he can never put all of those things together at the same time. Well, I was just going to, you know, kind of describe it as it just seems like he's never really found that groove. Yeah. It's like a Rubik's cube that's, you know, you just can't quite put it all together. You get one side, right, but not the other. Well, he's got a, uh, you know, the big story in this match, as you were saying, was a surprise. We're getting, you know, we we're going to get to the big reveal here, but Hey, now for King though, this is a time if, if you're, if you're ever going to do it, this is the time to step up the game because you're going to be in a featured program here. Looking forward to this one. Uh, after the match, Austin Aries comes out carrying what? God, what did he have? Four belts, six belts, something like that. Austin Pretty much Aries, everything he's got. Austin Aries is now known as the belt collector. Uh, he, he's walking around going to every indie promotion throughout the world that he can get into, and he is taking their belts, and he wants the one title that has avoided him in ring of honor, that being the ROH world TV championship. I like that. They threw that in there because otherwise, why wouldn't he come out and challenge Dalton castle? Well, I think you know, it's, it's a, it's a great angle there. And is there any details yet that's been released on the deal he has with them or nope? Nope. The only thing that I have heard was that impact wrestling absolutely gave their blessing to Austin Aries to be on that show and gave their blessing to take out the Impact World Championship on that show. Uh, while there is not a working relationship between Impact and ROH, Impact kind of felt like this would kind of maybe be a, a, a good faith sort of move going forward to present the possibility of them at least coexisting inside of the same world. Well, and you know, it also ties into this is a great, PR move on behalf of impact after so many months of them getting the heat from, you know, the issues with the broken brand, uh, you know, that nasty legal battle, you know, the war, war, the war of words online that we've seen, uh, and to finally kind of put that to rest. They say, you know, going forward, yeah, we're going to encourage the talents that, you know, that, that grow and groom their own personalities here when they leave. Great for them. Go use that somewhere else. We're, we're going to support that, and this is the next step in that. So it's the healing process. Hey, and you got uh, your champ out there on another platform pulling more eyes in, reminding people, hey, we're doing things right over here again. You know, Come back and give us another chance. 
And it makes sense with Don Callis because, of course, Don Callis now being an executive at Impact, being a color guy for New Japan Pro Wrestling, who has a working relationship with Ring of Honor. So it all kind of makes sense in a very weird, roundabout sort of way. Uh, Kenny King versus Austin Aries, probably the most interesting thing that Kenny King has ever done, at least in my mind's eye. I very much look forward to that match because I know that match is going to be absolutely incredible. And I'm just hoping we can get some good character work out of Kenny King and establish him as a dominant ROH world television champion at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, even if we get some crossover footage, if they start working some of this stuff into uh, impact programming. Yeah, that's a you good know, point, too. You know, where are we going to go here? And, yeah. and I actually, and I'm really intrigued to, you know, see the outcome of this program. I, and, I, you know, you're talking about Kenny King, you know, coming out on top and elevating that, that championship for Ring of Honor. I would be so surprised to see Aries add another trophy to his case. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I always get nervous about these guys going around collecting all these belts because I always feel like there's just something politically just waiting to go terribly, terribly wrong. Uh, let's talk about the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. Rick, we, we kind of called this one in our interview with uh, Mr. Shane Taylor. Uh, he very much made his presence known in this match as SoCal Uncensored defeats the Hung Bucks to take the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. You know, we've got it over on Facebook on the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast fan page. Uh, that, that entire interview is up. Just the interview that you had with Mr. Taylor. You know, and in the description there, I, you know, I said the man responsible for SoCal Uncensored stealing the Ring of Honor Six-Man Championship. You know, they, they, they have spent some good money on uh, Mr. Taylor's services, and he delivered. You know, I don't think this was a big surprise. He was going to be the game changer. Now, and the tactics that they went about, you know, they just outsmarted the, the club here. Uh, what did you think of this match as far as a Las Vegas street fight goes? Because really, I feel like the only reason that that Las Vegas street fight uh, stipulation was put on this match was just so Shane Taylor could come out and interfere in this match. I think, it, you know, it was a way to protect it. You know, it wasn't anything over the top. You know, going in thinking, you know, with that kind of gimmick match, we expected maybe some really over-the-top shenanigans. But, you know, they stayed pretty grounded. Yeah, I mean, the Young Bucks got all their shit in. Adam Page got all his shit in. Best moonsault ever. Frankie Kazarian bleeding like a freaking stuck pig. Um, really, I'm, I'm really becoming a big fan of Scorpio Sky. Really Dilly. liking that guy. Man, you know, I... I I've, I've really, I've always dug him for the first time I seen him going back to, uh, you know, the first, you know, really time I noticed him was during wrestling society X. Uh, and I was a big time fan of him then. And ever since then, you know, I've always kept an eye out for him. I, I know he kind of, you know, put himself on the shelf there for a little bit. Was it a semi-retirement mode? But I always, you know, kept, Hey, when's, you know, when's he going to break back out? Always thought he was a tremendous talent. Glad that, you know, that he is thriving again in ring of honor. Speaking for the gimmick match itself, I always get worried with, you know, if they just would have just called just a street fight, that's one thing. But when you, when you label it almost with the city, you almost start to, you, you expect the gimmicks of the city to come into play. You know, like you some, have something here, like on a casino floor, some casino games come into play. Yeah. So I, I think that sets the expectations there. It's, it, 
this was what it was. It was just a little gimmick to throw onto the thing, and it protect them in booking to explain why they're going to have the enforcer. Uh, well, not the enforcer of Ring of Honor, but so so Colin censors hired gun uh, enforcer type. You know, make his presence felt. Yeah, I think much more so is the story coming out of this match. What are we going to do coming out of this match? Uh, the story with SoCal Uncensored versus Ring of Honor, I think that's really what is at the core of this feud. Now that this feud is over, you know, the Young Bucks and Adam Page can go focus on the Bullet Club thing. This kind of removes them from that program. And the big program going forward is going to be ROH versus... SoCal Uncensored. Uh, but I don't know who the next challengers for SoCal Uncensored are going to be. That's the question that I have. Yeah, and I, you know, hopefully we'll get some answers to that coming out of the set of tapings here over the weekend. Uh, but you know what? But another twist there, you know, was I was really, that, that piqued my interest. And you had mentioned this, you know, coming into the show that they were, they were teasing this quite a bit, is Bully Ray showing quite a bit of favoritism in, in maybe concern towards Bullet Club and what they had going on. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I'm liking this dynamic. I'm not sure that I'm liking the authority being on the side of the Bullet Club. That just It just seems like a very, very odd dynamic. That's what I was going to say. You know, that's why I found that so intriguing is because it just seems so out of place. You know, that it, it, been like, you, you know, that really would have been like, you know, man, the management types back in the day you know, Sergeant Slaughter buddying up to the Generation X. Yeah, it just it just feels like those two groups should naturally be opposite one another, not kind of supporting one another against another party that is so villainous. It just it just it just feels disconnected. I'm I'm happy that the Young Bucks and Paige are kind of removed from this program now, so it can. Well, can I was, I'm gonna say you know they're moving forward here just real quick. So where do you see the Hung Bucks? Uh, either as a trio or, you know, Paige on his own and the Bucks as a tech. Where do you see see them going forward here? I mean, we know we, we got the big match against the Golden Lovers at uh, Strong Style The Vault. Right. And we also have coming up, we have Adam Page is going to be taking on Jay White for the IWGP United States Championship. So it looks like, they, at least for right now, the Hung Bucks are kind of going off to kind of do their own individual programs. Of course, with being the elite, they will still be around. But right, I, I'm just I'm curious, you know, where they end up by the time we get to Supercard of Honor. I'm curious if at Supercard of Honor, if they don't end up on opposite sides, because it wouldn't surprise me to see the Young Bucks side with Kenny and Hangman side with Kenny. So let's you just, let's you just said both side with Kenny. Oh geez. Kenny and Cody, the goddamn <laughs> names are too close. The names uh, are just too close together. Well, you know, uh, I know what you're going to transition into here. Could we see the bucks go back into uh, the tag title picture? If I'm the young bucks, I'm not sure I want anywhere near <laughs> the tag title picture right now. I, I am avoiding the ROH tag title picture at all all costs right now, regardless of who I am. But we'll talk about that here in just a second. Uh, let's talk about Cody and Matt Taven. This is where the show really kind of went a little sideways for me. 
uh, because you have Cody who is playing the baby face, even though he's clearly not a baby face. It's, this is like you have the evil dick cocky heel versus the bigger evil dick cocky heel. That was pretty much the, the, the story of this match, and it felt a little disconnected. Obviously, Bullet Club is is so over as baby faces, regardless of the characters that they're playing inside of Ring of Honor. So Cody is the default baby face in this program. But I don't know, man. Co- this entire program of Cody and Matt Taven has felt very disconnected for me because Cody does not present himself as a very likable person to me. Well, I, you know, I think what they kind of had going on here, this was a filler program. Uh, just something to kill some time before they really start moving forward. What they got with the Bullet Club situation, but you know when you're talking about Cody, you know I kind of think what he had going on there because to me it's one of those cases where, sure he is, uh, you know he's being a huge conceited bastard. Uh, he's not a very nice guy, but in his head he is, and he's that guy that everyone loves. So he, like in his character's head, he is the ultimate baby, even though every personality trait that he possesses says completely otherwise and i i really I, I love that there it's that person that thinks you know everyone's their friend everyone loves him he's the life of the party but it's kind of like when he walks in that room it's that oh man this guy and i would anticipate uh at least that matt taven coming out of this program the kingdom is going to go into a feud with socal uncensored that's kind of what i anticipate but again then you're left with the kingdom as heels and SoCal as heels and the people are going to cheer SoCal. And I don't think that's the dynamic you want either. I'm, you know, I'm really expecting, I don't think, I don't think that the challengers, the next big challengers for the six man with SoCal and censored. I don't think that we, that they're in ring of honor right now. No, I don't I think, either. I think we're going to have someone introduced. Bully's going to bring in some outside help. We're going to get a big surprise. And that's, and I think that's going to be the big program moving forward for them, uh, you know, towards Supercard. Now, who that might be, you know, I mean, Bully's got a lot of old friends that he could roll out, but I think it's they're really going to dig deep somewhere and bring back somebody from Daniels and Kaz's past. Uh, now, who that is, uh, stay tuned. We're going to have to do some research to, to pitch those names there. Ooh, that's going to be a rough one. That'll be a rough one. Um, so Cody defeats Matt Taven, and then I think much more memorable than the match itself is well barry it is revealed at the end of the match that barry the drug-free bullet club bear is in fact kenny freaking omega that place comes absolutely unglued you get the v trigger from hell the furriest v trigger i've ever seen and then, Rick, what the hell do you make out of this thing at the end with Brandy and Cody? And who? Oh, God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> man, come Son on, dude. They don't, even, they don't even look alike, man. Like, oh, they're both blonde now. <laughs> you're, getting that, you're getting that twin magic thing. God on. damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the place comes unglued. You know, what a moment. I, you know, and I'll even admit, man, you know, I popped. I did not expect Omega to be here in the least bit. I, it's one of those things. I Because, you know, it's rare that he shows up on these spots for Ring of Honor. I told Carly when I saw Barry, the drug-free bear, I said, that's Kenny fucking Omega. And she said, no. And I said, oh, yeah, that's well, Kenny Omega. All right, so there you go. You know, the place comes unglued. Great pop, but you're right. 
I, you know, I, I don't even know, really know what to make of that there. Yeah, because, I mean, now we have seen Cody, not Kenny, Cody has been trying to make out with Kota Ibushi. Now we have Brandy making out with Kenny freaking Omega. Uh, I, I don't know what the hell to make out of any of this, because as soon as she does it, then she starts yelling at Kenny. You liked it. You liked it. Like, I don't even know what in the hell the story. I don't know if I'm disconnected from this story somehow, some way, somewhere. I, I, I'm not. Ex- are they trying to convince Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega that they don't love one another? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, this is one of those things. It, it's the reason I love it. You know, it, it's so out there. It's kind of hard to read. It, they, they've got the credibility. You know, you loved each and every one of their twists that they've got happening here. Uh, you know, I, I don't care what dynamic is, though. Good for Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm surely not going to fault the guy. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how this thing plays out on being the elite next week. Because, you know, Cody is going to absolutely lose his mind and say that Kenny kissed Brandy. When it was very, very clear that that's not what happened and, and you whatsoever. Know, it, it, with the way these guys kind of work their angles, I, you know, you get some ribs and, and some jams in there. If, you know, if they're going at the golden lovers and that whole dynamic, if somehow the roads, you know, kind of employ like some gold dust, stardust kind of like mind games. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it advanced the story. I'm definitely intrigued to see what in the hell is going to come out of this one. But I, I did not expect this one whatsoever. Not whatsoever. Uh, so let's move on to another match that was a little bit confusing as, as far as watching it goes. And that was the Briscoes versus the Motor City Machine Guns. I'm not exactly sure why I was confused here, but I think that the answer is the Las Vegas crowd. Because it seems like this was set up for the Briscoes to work heel and the Machine Guns to work babyface. And then the Briscoes music hit and that place come unglued and that place was 100% behind the Briscoes and not the Motor City Machine Guns. So you ended up with both teams kind of working heel throughout this entire match. Yeah, I I think, you know, they probably should have stuck with their game plan. Uh, you know, just went out, allowed the guns to work baby through, you know, it, and just, I know that becomes a little difficult when, especially when you're trying to pander to the audience or, or just get those reactions that you want. It makes it quite difficult. I think it's this one of those cases they tried, they should have tried to work through it, but man, I mean, the Briscoes are so hot. You're at an anniversary show. You're celebrating all that is great about the promotion. You know, it, it's, you'd be hard pressed to find anything, you know, that exemplifies that more than the Briscoes. You know, and, and the crowds is hot behind them, man. You know, they, they love, you know, especially that style of crowd. You know, they love those, those vicious beasts, and that's what the Briscoes are. And then, of course, Mark Briscoe gets busted open very early into the match. The guy's bleeding like a stuck pig. So, of course, all of the sympathy goes on Mark Briscoe. So it made it, made it kind of hard to, you know, really pull for the machine guns here, which I think is what they wanted all the way down to at, after the match, the, the promo that Jay Briscoe cut was obviously a heel promo. We don't need y'all cheering for us. Uh, they, they really want the Briscoes to be heel here, but they're the Briscoes. You're just not going to get that kind of reaction. 
And that's kind of my fear when you get to Dalton Castle and Marty Skrull, too. Well, you know, with, with the Briscoes, you know, people want that out of them. They love when, you know, they, they're them boys, man. They're the backwoods. They're just the rednecks. They don't care. I mean, if you're to really be like an effective heel unit, I mean, they would have to like just flip those guys and put them in suits or something along those lines. You know, make them everything they're not and just let the people shit all over it. But, you know, as hot as the, you know, the fans are for the Briscoes, I don't think that in the booking here they really did too many favors for the machine guns. No, absolutely you know, they were pretty. Not. You know, they they were really an afterthought in this program and pretty much just uses whipping boys. Yep, yep, and that's pretty much how this match went too. It was an ass whipping. The Briscoes just beat the ever loving piss out of the Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, the Machine Guns got a little bit of offense there in the middle of the match, but as as far as a full match goes. This was definitely Briscoe's over strong. And I think that was the message throughout this entire match. It was the message in all the promos. It was the message in the promo coming after the match. Briscoe's over strong. So let's talk about uh, Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle for the ROH World Championship. Um, I hate it, man. I absolutely hate it. The more and more I watch Dalton Castle as the Ring of Honor world champion, the more and more I just hate it. Where are you at with Dalton Castle? I know you've got a lot more vested here. Uh, You go back a little bit further, uh, greater appreciation for the tradition of Ring of Honor, you know, how it is, you know, that pure professional wrestling. But it, so I, I don't really have the extent of the distaste you do for it, but it is very clear that it's there. It, it doesn't really fit, you know, the, the over the top sports entertainment. It, it does have a place within the company. It was great when he was working on the undercard, but when you're in that featured spot, it just doesn't fit. Uh, the match was a lot of what I thought it was going to be. Uh, yep. and, and in saying that, I guess we're getting a slow burn out of it, uh, but it, for the, for the end of the night, I kind of went home a little disappointed with the main event. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I was absolutely pulling for Jay Lethal in this match. I, I didn't make any qualms about that. I never did expect him to actually win the match. But my, my problem, and, and it's not even that I dislike Dalton Castle. I think Dalton Castle is a really, really good talent at that world television champion level. I just feel like he's miscast as the world champion right now the 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 pageant like once the bell rings he's the exact opposite of silas young like there's just something about him inside once the bell rings that character and the way that he wrestles just completely disconnects for me and i don't know what it is hey and you know now we're looking towards supercard you know you know luckily they do have you know cody and kenny on there because I, I just don't see this being your marquee and what should close your night out. Well, and here's the problem. Here's and, my and, problem. And, you know, a little bit, you know, as much as I do appreciate Marty, you know, Marty and Castle, that doesn't just scream world championship material to me. And here's my other problem with it. Who's going to be cheered in that program? The baby face in that program is Dalton Castle. The heel in that program is Marty Skrull. And Marty Skrull is going to be cheered throughout that entire match. 
and it just becomes this confusing, convoluted mess. And I'm not sure that that's how you want to represent Dalton Castle this early into his title run if this is going to be a long title run. Because you keep putting him up against people like Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull. Like, I, I feel like they should have done Punishment Martinez because Dalton Castle would have clearly been the babyface in the main event of Supercard of Honor. I completely feel you on that. You know, going back, I when I was saying, you know, with Skrull going over, I didn't necessarily agree with the decision. I was just putting into perspective, you know, why they might have done it there. Uh, hey, you know, it's it, it looks a lot better on the card if you're going up against NXT and you say, oh, world championship, Dalton Castle, Punchett Martinez. You know, a lot of individuals aren't necessarily going to gravitate towards that. But if you got a, you know, not even that it's Skrull's name, but it's Bullet Club member, Marty Skrull, people start paying a little more attention to it. I, I But I do agree with you, man. I, I think, you know, for Supercard, and it would have made sense there because that's when you could have got the title off of Castle. You know, Punishment, he, he kind of has that big, mean, you know, that, that nasty look that's going to give you a unique flavor for your world championship. People are going to take notice like, Ooh, you know, what do they got going on here? You know, we need to be paying attention to this. I don't think we're going to see any kind of change there. I just, I don't think it's the right time. I don't think scroll is a good representative for their world champion. Well, and, and the thing is Dalton castle is obviously over, but when you're trying to put him over as the top baby face in the company, your baby face champion. And then you're putting him up against guys like Jay lethal and Marty Skrull and Cody Rhodes. It's really hard to push that. This is the biggest face in ring of honor. When all of his opponents are getting bigger reactions. Well, he, he just, he just needs a counterpart that people are going to naturally be able to hate. Right. And, and that's, what's kind of missing inside of ring of honor right now. I was really hoping for that Jay lethal heel turn that even if Dalton Castle retained, at least Jay Lethal would turn heel and mess up Dalton Castle and lead to a, a, a rematch and a bigger program going forward. But all we got was Marty coming out and getting up in Castle's face at the end of the night, and the show goes off the air. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of like the uh, I, you know the rib on the WrestleMania sign, the point at the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I popped for that one. I wasn't sure how many people picked up on that, but you know, those guys are always good for a rib there. That was that was something good there. Absolutely. Anything else that you wanted to comment on when it comes to ROH 16th anniversary, Rick? I, I tell you what, it went a, a complete different direction than we had anticipated. But I can say though it it, it was a it, it was a pleasant surprise to see where they're going. I am very intrigued. Uh, I will be I'm greatly looking forward to seeing how you know television plays out here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm gear- and they're going to have to they're going to have to bring their A game because you know it said not to stooge anything off. NXT uh, take over New Orleans. It's it's pretty stacked. So that Friday evening, man, it's that Friday evening is going to be it's going to be a hard press to beat that for the hottest night of WrestleMania weekend. At this point, I just want Ring of Honor to clean some stuff up. I want them to. Uh, I want them to clean up some of their their production issues with the streaming service. I want them to clean up some of the holes inside of their storytelling, and I really want them to clean up the presentation on air because when we are missing in ring action because of graphics like the tail of the tape or missed camera angles, uh, we don't need a twenty count 
with, with, with two guys just laying on the outside of the ring and crawling back in at 19, that doesn't work. If you're going to do a 20, at least have them fight out there until like the count of 10, two guys just laying there for 20 seconds does absolutely nothing for nobody. There's just a, there's little things that I feel like ROH could do that would make their product so much better. And they, they're in this rebuild mode and they need to realize you've rebuilt, you have the talent, just go forward with it. Stop rebuilding. You're good. You have the talent. Just go forward with what you've got. That's kind of where I'm at with ROH right now. Well said, sir. So now let's throw it over to Paul Arzola with uh, a take on Goldberg for this week in pro wrestling history. And then uh, a word from our boy, Stevie Richards. We'll be right back. This week in Pro Wrestling History with Paul Arzola. Hello, pro wrestling enthusiasts. This is Paul Arzola with This Week in Professional Wrestling History. We will be taking a look at the career of one Bill Goldberg as he enters the WWE Hall of Fame 2018. Bill Goldberg started his NFL career with the Atlanta Falcons, and then he transitioned into the world of professional wrestling. He started training at the WCW Power Plant. From there, he went on to the main roster. On September 22, 1997, Goldberg defeated Hugh Morris in his debut match. Soon after starting his undefeated streak of 172, 73, and zero, Goldberg would go on to face Hulk Hogan at the at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta with over 40,000 in attendance to face Hulk Hogan and win the WCW title. He would lose that title to Kevin Nash in unexpected fashion with Scott Hall tasering him at Starcade. Goldberg would go on to go to WWE on March 2003, night after WrestleMania, and feud with The Rock. He would enter into feuds with The Rock, Triple H, and numerous others at WrestleMania 20 would go on to meet with Brock Lesnar with Stone Cold Steve Austin serving as a special guest referee. Now, this is controversial in many aspects because they knew, the fans knew, both Lesnar and Goldberg were not going to return with the company after WrestleMania. Goldberg made his return to WWE in the WWE 2K17 video game, leading to a return to the WWE. He would go on to face Brock Lesnar in short, simple matches. Goldberg won the WWE Universal Championship at WWE Fastlane 2017 against Kevin Owens, but would lose that title a month later at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar. You can follow me at on Facebook at Paul Arzola. You can find me on Twitter at Lone Wolf PMA. Here's back to Rick and Jargo. Hey, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. 
I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store, and download the 12-week resistance band training program. So let's throw it over to Fastlane and the WWE counterpart going down tomorrow night on the WWE Network. Uh, we've got six matches now announced for uh, this card, uh, one of which... We're not even sure if this is actually the match we're going to get, but we're going to go ahead and try to hype this card as best we possibly can. Uh, I'm going to go through these matches in no particular order. Well, I was going to say here, man, uh, this is my second go around for a little bit of Fastlane hype. Uh, I was on yesterday. I had the the, the privilege and honor uh, to join Big Ray on the Hamid Media Group platform over in the impact attack you know that is one of our flagship programs uh, great honor to be over there we ran down this card and i'm gonna tell you man the build hasn't really been there this has been kind of a cruise control feel going in but when you really start breaking it down there's some interesting stories that we could see develop here and i'm hoping for the best that you know they get it right here and we'll you know when we're talking in the locker room monday morning uh that we're a little bit more excited Looking at WrestleMania, I think we could get, like I said, some great stories coming out of this show. So let's go to, uh, let's start off with what I assume is going to be the pre-show match. And that is going to be Becky Lynch and Naomi taking on Natalia and Carmella. Not a whole lot of creative going into this one. We had the uh, promo last Tuesday on SmackDown. Uh, what, where do you stand on this match coming into it? I was gonna say, you know, you know, we made light of it. You know, they set this thing up in a backstage segment where it was all about hitting them buzzwords. Yes, that is like the most buzzword promo I've ever seen in my life. In anything that is on, you know, that that list of bu- key buzzwords for for WWE, uh, Natalia and and Naomi, you know, they covered all the bases. They, they hit them they all. They hit them all. They hit them all. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this thing. You know, they needed something to fill out the undercard. I thought it was a nice little simple setup. You know, the, what was a little, I, I don't know. I, maybe I would have expected since you, we've seen Lynch and Naomi involved more with, you know, what's going on with the women's championship. Uh, maybe it would have made a little more sense to me if we could have seen Morgan and Logan in this spot uh, instead of Natalia and Carmella. But I, I can see we're going to, uh, Natty's been kind of absent for a while and, you know, they want to keep Carmella fresh in people's minds because she's still walking around that briefcase and, and can strike at any moment. As I'm sitting here looking at this card, I'm wondering if tomorrow night is the night. I'm wondering uh, if tomorrow you, night is the night. I, I, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm hoping that it is not, not the evening because I think, well, we're talking ladies. Let's go ahead and just kick it over to it. There. Yeah, let's talk uh, about it. Charlotte Flair taking on Ruby Riot for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It says here, Ruby Riot will indeed have Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan in her corner for this match. That means even if Charlotte goes over, there is a potential of a three-on-one beatdown and then a Car- Carmella cash-in here. 
Now, you know, in my head, you know, when we play uh, our little be the booker scenarios and, and we build something up in our minds that we really just hope it goes that direction because we're sold on it. And well, and let's face it, you know, we, we do have those superior minds to just your average mark. Uh, so we know that everyone else is going to love what we've got. So in my mind, yes, uh, my precious Sharsh are over strong, no doubt about it. But how we get there is where I think could be the moment of the evening. You know, they have really been hyping up this numbers game. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just not Ruby. You know, she's, she's got Liv. She's got Sarah. It's three on one. They, that has been one of, you know, the, the hammer home points throughout this program here. Now, I'm sure that, you know, Charlotte is the alpha. She's the queen. She could take care of these three. But, you know, for the storyline purpose, let's say the numbers do get to her. You know, she's having trouble, you know, fending off all three of these all three of these competitors. At that point, I would love to see Asuka interject herself and help Charlotte secure the victory. Uh, afterwards, I want to have a moment where, you know, Charlotte's kind of, you know, what's going on. Uh, then we get a, a very stern, a very fierce Asuka who maybe there's some, some physicality there. I don't know. Uh, or they just go with the simple, which WWE loves to do, that we just get a simple point. And in very intense moments, she points at the sign. It's kind of open-ended. Uh, is this Asuka laying down the gauntlet? You know, she's saying, this is, this is what we're going to do. This is me and you. Or is this a tease? And then, you know, you sell it as the answer is coming Tuesday. We're going to find out what's going on. Uh, I think that would be, you know, one of the bigger moments uh, that we've had in the SmackDown Women's Division in quite some time. I hope I'm wrong here. Okay. But, but, but tell me if this doesn't sound like WWE logic. Everything goes down exactly the way that you said. Asuka comes out. Her and Charlotte have their moment. Point at the WrestleMania sign. Asuka goes to walk away. Charlotte grabs Asuka by the shoulder. Asuka spins around, hits Charlotte in the head with a spinning heel kick. Carmella comes down and claims the SmackDown women's title. And you are left with Carmella versus Asuka versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. What a fucking joke. I, I'm going to say, I, I just... I, I, I agree. Nothing, nothing, you know, nothing at that outlandish would surprise me because would not surprise me. WWE, at all. Uh, to me, that would just be a complete waste of, of what they have going on. Uh, and, you know, for me though, like we said, you know, we get some ideas in our head and, and we're convinced that that is the, you know, the best way to go about it. And I, I firmly believe in, you know, one of your ideas and the reason that I would, you know, I, I really want to see, Charlotte versus Asuka at WrestleMania. And in the case that they go forward with like an idea you had, I'd be okay with Asuka going over because I think there is a, a hilarious and very intriguing story to be told with Carmella, like even having like the, you know, that countdown clock to you got to cash in here in a little bit. You've only got a couple of weeks and she is just terrified. Carmella, the first person to never cash in, never even attempt to cash in her money in the bank briefcase. That's going to be the story. I like that one. Uh, let's talk about Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev in the matches of Are They Really That Stupid? Yes, Rick, they are really that stupid. You have Shinsuke Nakamura, the, the winner of the Royal Rumble, on a collision course with the WWE champion in one of the main events of WrestleMania. So let's send him out there against our hottest act, that we are still portraying as the big Bulgarian heel, even though 
everybody clearly loves this guy in Rusev. And you know, really what's, what's interesting here is, are we going to start to see the turn of Shinsuke Nakamura? Are we going to get the double turn? Finally, are we going to get the double turn? Cause please let's just acknowledge that Rusev is a baby face. God damn it. We don't even need a double turn. We don't have to turn Rusev. He already is just acknowledge it. But that's, that's what I'm saying here. I don't think we're going to get the acknowledgement outright from the commentator team. They're not going to put it over. I mean, it's going to be very obvious from this crowd. And I'm, ex- you know, the, the closer we get to this thing, I absolutely think this crowd is just going to just be, I mean, not like turn on, but just not even care about what Nakamura has going on. Do you remember the Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton match from SummerSlam a couple of years ago when Orton ended up a bloody mess, busted open, laying on the canvas? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, right after the brand split. Yep. That's the match I want to see tomorrow between Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. I want to see Nakamura just kick the shit out of Rusev and keep kicking the shit out of him and kicking the shit out of him and kicking the shit out of him until that crowd turns on Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, you're going to get, you're going to get the, you know, the crowd's going to turn on him. Uh, but I wouldn't have Nakamura really acknowledge it because I think, you know, as we've said, the hard turn, the real turn has to come against AJ to get that fire really lit under that program. You know, a, a straight double turn against Rusev does nothing there, and then he just changes his cues towards AJ. We need it has that hard turn has to come against whoever his opponent is at WrestleMania. You right. can lay the groundwork. You can say start getting people geared up towards it. That's great. I'm expecting that's what we're gonna get here. What I would do is I would then have AJ come out Tuesday and be like, What the hell, man? Why'd you do that to Rusev? You had him beat. Why didn't you just pin him? And have Nakamura go off something about how I don't have any problems with Rusev, and I did that to him. I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. I I wouldn't even mind going one step further than you all, depending how the rest of the show is booked, so it doesn't, so there isn't like too much shenanigans going on. Uh, maybe on undercard you cut some things out. I wouldn't mind going with the route you're saying, man. Having just absolutely devastate Rusev and, and just don't let up. And then, you know, he just kind of leaves. He doesn't do any kind of acknowledgement. He just leaves. Uh, whoever's doing handling the backstage reporting can't get a word with him. I wouldn't mind. And then see him return later after AJ, you know, miraculously survives the six-pack challenge. And then he kicks the shit out of AJ to close the night. I'd be all right with that. I would be all right with that. Uh, so let's talk about the Usos versus the New Day. Uh, this is going to be for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Rick? The Oostruce is off. No more Oostruce. We're throwing it down. Usos versus New Day one more time. How do you see this thing shaking out? Yeah, it's you know, funny that you, you lead this way because I was talking about you know overbooking things on the card so we don't have too much shenanigans going on. I, I don't know if this thing's going to have an ending. I see the Bludgeon Brothers getting involved somehow. You know, They've run both of these teams off. Triple threat at Mania? <sighs> I don't know, you know, and, and I had pointed out to Ray, you know, a stat that we were talking about. It's amazing that all the years that the Usos have been with WWE, they have been, you know, that staple or backbone of the tag division that they have yet to be on the main card at WrestleMania. Uh, absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, we've got another one of those random stats that we're going to talk about here in just but, a minute. But if you if you really look at at this as a triple threat. There's nothing about that match that screams it's worthy of a WrestleMania main card slot. 
Is there anything inside of the SmackDown tag team division that screams WrestleMania main card slot? Uh, no, not current standing. Yeah, I mean, I mean we've seen it all. Nothing. You know, we've seen it all, and, and that's the problem with both of these tag divisions. There's a lot of great tag talent, but it's spread so thin right now, and it, it's not doesn't really seem to be you know item of importance for creative. So it's just off the radar, and it's very uninteresting and. And everything about both divisions screen pre-show. What I am hoping for is that the Usos take out the New Day here, retain their tag team titles, and then they come out Tuesday and say, hey, Sheamus and Cesaro, you're looking for opponents at WrestleMania? You've beat everybody, huh? We'll answer that challenge, title versus title, and we're going to unify the goddamn tag titles because this two tag division shit is not working. Not working at all. That's the first division that gets unified. Uh, let's talk about the U.S. T- championship. And this is the match that is subject to change in my mind's eye, at least as of 2.44 p.m. Central Standard Time in uh, on a Saturday. The match is Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton. But it would not surprise me at all to see this match become Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. Well, we know uh, immediately following SmackDown, Jinder is, you know, he's kind of petitioning, you know, where's my opportunity? You know, I've, I've, I beat these guys. I'm, I'm the alpha. It, it's hard to believe that we're sitting here actually saying this, but this program needs Jinder Mahal. He's the saving grace here. Uh, but, you know, looking, you know, looking at, at the big picture, this is where he should have been from the get-go. Yep. This is, you know, where he should have been on the card. These are the programs he should have been in. He should, you know, he should. At this point, he actually should have had a, a significant reign as U.S. champ. I would have been fine with Jinder Mahal being a, a year-long reigning United States champion. You could have done everything that you did with Jinder and the WWE championship, but with the U.S. championship, and it would have meant just as much. Yeah, I think it, well, I think in the long run, it, you would have had a bigger payoff with it. Yeah, uh, it and even you, meant more. And you could have you know, wrote out all of your pub everything you had going on, you know, over the India tour and the different, you know, as you're trying to expand your reach there in their region. And then you could have had that, that really big payoff, you know, where that cocky foreigner gets his at WrestleMania. Yep. What if, and it, it, this is easy storytelling, man. It's, it's like pro wrestling one Oh one. You have the big bad heel that you build up and he finally gets his at WrestleMania from the big baby face. This is like pro wrestling 101 shit. So either Jinder Mahal is going to interfere in this match leading to this triple threat at WrestleMania, or Jinder Mahal is going to get added to this match sometime between now and when Fastlane starts. Which one is your money on? Uh, I'm actually hoping that he gets added to this event uh, just so we're not having the mirrored U.S. You, you know intercontinental triple threats at WrestleMania, which is just so generic and, and, che- and cheapens uh, both matches, you know, I hope we get it here and if they can find something else to move, you know, whoever they choose to move forward with, you know, in this intercontinental or United States championship program. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they go forward with this thing. I just don't have the faith that, that they even care enough to make this a priority. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Uh, Let's talk about the main event. One more match to go. The six-pack challenge for the WWE Championship. It's going to be John Cena, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, 
The Boogeyman, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Just just Cena, Owen, Cena, Corbin, and Ziggler taking on the WWE champion, AJ Styles. Rick, there's no way that they're letting anybody other than Styles walk away with that title, is there? I, I, I You know, in our minds, I mean, that, that seems like the must-go-to. We know how things work, though. You know, sometimes they, they want to go with the sexy pick, uh, how they're going to market something. I'm not going to sit here and say that I will be shocked as we uh, sit down Monday morning and to cover this thing in the locker room uh, where we're also going to be joined by our good friend, Big Ray Hernandez. But I'm not going to be shocked if we're talking about Cena as the champion. Uh, I think it'd be the total, you know, the wrong move. But I'm going to go 90-10, AJ. AJ walks out of here with this championship. Okay, so let's talk WrestleMania real quick before we wrap this thing up. You're going to get AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, one-on-one. That's your, I believe that's your main so. event. I believe so. You know, I you know, I think uh, I th- you know, just this match though in itself, real quick. AJ, like I said, 90 90% he's walking out of this thing, maybe even higher. But there's other good stories in here. You know, how are we gonna further the defeated and dejected John Cena? You know, what is gonna be the development here between, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? I think we're gonna get a, a, a swerve there where Sammy is gonna try to lay down for Kevin, it's just gonna backfire on him. Where, you know, so from there, you know, where does, you know, what's Corbin's next step? Where does Dolph Ziggler go? I, I, there's some interesting developments we could get from this thing. Well, what I want to see is I want to see AJ Styles pin John Cena to retain. That's number one. I want to see AJ Styles pin John Cena to retain the championship. That's the first thing that needs to happen here. Then uh, I, I suspect that we're going to end up with John Cena versus this guy called The Undertaker. I assume that's going to be his WrestleMania match. Uh, then we're hearing rumors of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I, I'm perfectly okay with that. I know a really? lot of people. I, a lot of people are are almost having they're having fits over this. They can't believe it. I am perfectly okay with it. I've always been a, a great proponent of uh, of the Andre the Giant Battle, you know, Memorial Battle Royal. To me, it, it should be treated as something with prestige. It should be a great honor to even enter it and go on to win that to win that trophy. I mean, he is one of the, arguably the greatest legends of all time. He's one of the largest, you know larger than life beings that are, is a statue right at headquarters, uh, you know, just honoring the man, glorifying all that he meant to the business. And if you're going to up to Andy, if you're going to make it important, then you need bigger names in that match. I'm okay with that. Make it important. Make us care about it. Personally, I would still like to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn team up to take on the Usos at WrestleMania for the SmackDown tag titles. If we're not going to, if we're not going to unify the titles, I'm 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 one hundred percent with you on that. That is my choice. I think that'd be a hot match. That that's a match that is very deserving of the main card for a tag championship. You know, but if if but if they're going to go into the the battle royal, I'm I'm fine with that. It's not a waste of time. And then these people think they're gonna it's going to be the one on one blood feud. You know. You know, fight till you die or fight forever is getting a little old. It's played out. Uh, people are tired of it. And and this is the same thing. You know, everyone's getting so worked. Oh, this or that would be a great, a great match. Well, guess what? They're going to get 12 minutes with entrances. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania this year. Absolutely not. Um, what do you see on the horizon for Baron Corbin coming out of the six pack challenge? Is there it's, anything? I, I really, 
this is one of those stories in the match that I'm really interested in because it seems with Corbin, you know, he's that guy. Man, they 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 let you know they let loose of the leash a little bit. They let him run, and then they pull it back again. And it seems to be that you know that rotation every three four months. It looks like he's getting that push, and then they pull him back again. He is a he's a guy that I definitely see him going into the battle royal. But I think, like I said, if that thing is built properly with some big names, you know, like if they do throw in Kevin and Sammy, and we got a we're hearing rumors that Goldberg is going to be booked for that thing. He could really play into that. that you know, he is a pass winner. He did it his first time out. You know, play off that importance. And I do want to point out again, you know, we might see uh, more, you know, a spotlight put on that match this year because let's not forget two days after WrestleMania is the Andre documentary being released. They're going to want to get that rub up, play off that as much as possible. Damn, look at you. You are on your shit making good points today. Good for you, man. Good for you. Well, let's talk about the last one here because, you know, I've built this entire segment around this name and what is going to happen at WrestleMania. Rick, I cannot believe that we are even going to comment on this report, but I got to throw it out here. What do you see for Dolph Ziggler at WrestleMania that is not Dolph Ziggler versus Shane fucking McMahon? I, I couldn't believe when you sent me this link, you know, just you sent me this what maybe about a half hour before we hit record. And my, it took me a minute. It took, it took a couple takes reading through it. You know, and it's one of those things where I scanned through them, you know, to make sure you weren't sending me a link to kayfabe news. Nope. This is from uh, our, our friends. Well, I won't even call them our friends. This is from a website. I, I, I just recently found out about called allwrestlingnews.com. I've never heard of this site before. I've never heard anybody cite this site before, but they reported that it is being speculated on that Dolph Ziggler will be taking on Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. I guess my first thought here when I heard this is maybe this isn't as ridiculous as it sounds because this would justify that new big Dolph Ziggler contract. But still, how in the hell do you get to Dolph Ziggler versus Shane McMahon at this point? You know, if they, if they would have come out and, and started playing up the character off of that contract from the get-go, I can see maybe uh, how they would link it together. But now, this is just, if they are going to go in this direction, which to me is completely asinine, and is you, thank you you didn't call you know the, that site our friends here, and I understand why no one's really heard of them, and I, I would expect they're going to go away quickly after you know coming out with something like this. I, I don't see how you link it. I don't see how... I don't see the appeal. It's just baffling, I don't see man. Like this is just that that kind of thing that I read, and I'm just like, but why though? <laughs> like what? You mean we've we've been in the black hole that is SmackDown Live with Shane and Brian and Owens and Zayn and Styles and Nakamura and Cena and Dolph here's Ziggler. Your, here's your link. Here's your link. Here's how they do this because this is uh, their 60 second booking. You know, we've got all this time, but that we're going to cram everything into uh, one or two segments and, and jumpstart this this program. You go back and you just link uh, Dolph complaining that he's never had a singles match at WrestleMania, yet he, you know, he's never had one, but any time the boss's son comes around, it's in a spotlight marquee position. So that's, that's the angle they go with. If they are going to go in that direction, I guarantee that's the angle they go with and it's piss poor. You're really good today, Rick. You're really good. You should go do another half a dozen shows today because you're on fire, man. That's a hell of a lot better than anything I would have come up with. 
regardless, AJ Styles walks out with this title. Hey, it's piss. It's piss poor and it's lazy creative, but you you know that's the direction they'll go with it. Yeah, that, that I can I, I can see that logic as much as I just think that it's terrible. I guess it's good that Dolph finally gets his fucking singles match. Dolph finally gets his singles match. It only requires him falling off the top of a hell in a cell. Uh, anything else that you wanted to comment on when it comes to Fastlane, Rick? No, you know, like I said, uh, if you kind of look at some of the stories and some different directions that they could go at this show, you know, I'm hoping, you know, when we're in the locker room Monday morning that we're pleasantly surprised and we're a little more excited as, you know, both brands will finally be geared up to uh, jam as much excitement as, as they possibly can into the next couple of weeks on this lackluster build towards WrestleMania. Well, I tell you what, I wasn't at all excited for this show before we recorded this show, but you've actually got some good ideas of things that they could do with this show. So now I'm actually a little bit more interested. So I guess I'll have to watch Fastlane tomorrow before I can review it with you and Big Ray over in the locker room this Monday at hackerhameen.podbean.com. Uh, please be sure that you visit our other friends, Ryan and Michael, over at thegorillaposition.com daily as they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Sure, they got a nice write-up about Fastlane coming up here. Um, <clears throat> shit, what else do I want to put over here? I guess you can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo and tonight at SCW Wrestling in Dubuque, Iowa. Rick, how do the peeps, freaks, and geeks find you? As always, they can find me across all social media at the real RBV. Uh, and as always, you know, just a reminder to head on over to Facebook. Check out the Hameen Media Discussion Group. You know, it is Fastlane Weekend. We've got a ton of interactive features. Uh, and probably number one up there is our Pick'em Challenge. You know, we've got the Fastlane card laid out. You pick the winners, how confident you are. We've got some bonus questions. Uh, you know, a lot of fun. You know, test, uh, you know, test your knowledge and your know-how against about 50 other uh, pro wrestling enthusiasts. And then for the big event, join us over in Acer's live thread. We're going to be chatting it up. Uh, no matter how good or bad the card is, uh, usually when the card's on the downside, the chats are a little more entertaining because uh, we have to pick up the slack. So that's going to wrap things up for 16th anniversary in the Fastlane preview. We'll talk to you Monday over in the locker room at hackerhameen.podbean.com. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Enable me. I don't give up.
Okay, you'll be trapping the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go! Violet! 